Sad, 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 Today's episode of Killer Inside the Podcast is sponsored by HBO Films New Movie. OG premiering this Saturday at 10 p.m. OG stars Jeffrey Wright as Lewis, who is in the final weeks of a 24-year prison sentence in the maximum security prison. OG takes an intimate and unflinching look at the journey of one man at the precipice of freedom. After nearly a quarter century behind bars, he must confront the impact of his actions and the challenges of re-entering society. Groundbreaking, it was filmed on location at Pendleton Correctional Facility in Indiana, and its cast includes several of the men incarcerated there. The film premiered at the 2018 Tribeca Film Festival, where Wright won Best Actor in a U.S. Narrative Feature Film. Be sure to tune in to OG premiering this Saturday at 10 p.m. on HBO and streaming on HBO Now and HBO Go. For those of y'all living in New York City, be sure to check out the OG Experience, an exhibit featuring artwork solely from formerly incarcerated artists, free and open to the public until February 25th. Go to HBO.com slash the OG experience for more information. Hey everybody, welcome to Come On Sudden the Podcast. Y'all know who it is. It's Ed Lover once again. Every time I do a podcast, I have to show love to the to my man Combat Jack because without Combat Jack, I would never be podcasting in the first place. Much love and rest in peace to Combat Jack. Also want to send a big rest in peace shout out to a man who uh helped mold me and and push me to continue to be the man that I am today after my pops died. And that's my best friend, Kurt's father, Lenny Carrot. So I want to say rest in peace to Mr. Carrot. God bless your soul, man. You are the epitome of what a man is supposed to be. Joining me in the studio right now, though, Shamari and Ron DeVoe. Yes. Hey, hey. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I need some yes. claps. You know yeah, we so need some clap on that, man. Welcome, welcome, yeah. to the, welcome to the podcast where we are free to be whoever we want to be. Oh. We're, we're free to say the things that I cannot say when we've done many interviews, Ron, yeah. on the radio. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we can, can curse. We can, yeah, we, we can, can say what the shit. fuck shit. we want to say. Shit, shit, Come on, son. Y'all, now, y'all know them. They are the parents of them DeVoe boys. Yes, the Ronald. DeVoe twins. Yeah. The Roman. Yeah, Ronald. And you know what? The first thing I said to Shamari when she walked in here, I said, You had babies? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. girl, what did you Man. do? You don't look like you got two 18 month old babies. I'm telling you, it's all about the breastfeeding. Really? I, yes. I breastfed them for a year and one month, and like I burned so many calories and it flattened my stomach up. Like, you can literally feel your stomach shrinking with each. Um, Pump of milk, slurp like of slurp the of the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> so was it one at a time? Because you got identical twin boys. Nah, would you, it was both would you of them at the same them? time. You I were breastfeeding one doing, in each hand? Yeah, I was doing one in each hand. Go to my Instagram page. Wow. You'll see I posted a picture of it right here. That yeah, is, that is. That's amazing. <laughs> that's what you call superwoman yes. yeah. tendencies right there, So w- once, because my son, my, my only son, Zaire, was a breastfed baby. Right. So when his mother wasn't around, he wasn't fucking with me. Did you go through that, Ron, that you couldn't watch them? Or did she have to pump if she had to oh, leave no, them with no, you? No, 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 I was good. I was good. For some reason, man, we were there, you know, pretty much um, through a whole lot of stuff. You know, they were premature babies. Oh, wow. You know, so uh, 
we attached to them from day one. Um, even in the NICU, you know, they we had to lay them on our chest just uh-huh. to make sure they had that skin connection, to skin. skin to yeah, that skin to skin connection. So from day one, it was moms and pops there. Of course, they had a little bit more of an attachment to her because of that breast milk. And yeah, all that's what I'm above. talking about. When they get to a certain age, yeah. and they, if they get hungry, yeah, and, every and now she and ain't then, home. Yeah, every now and then that head would wobble over to the nipple, and I'm like, boy, if you don't get the hell out of here, <laughs> ain't nothing coming rude. out of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly that. what I meant when yeah. when Zayan would sometimes be holding him. He yeah. with the mouth uh, on my nipple, and I'm like, bro, there's nothing there for you. Yeah. You can, you're gonna even have to take this bottle, or you have to wait till that's mommy it. come home. That's it. Yeah, but she would pump, of course, and then she had to supplement to a certain extent because there's two boys right. that she had to feed. But um, yeah, you know, I was there with that bottle, taking care of things for sure. Wow. So how how big were they when they were born? You said they were preemies. Yeah, yeah they were. Ronald two. was two pounds and fourteen ounces. Yes, and Roman was three pounds nine ounces. Yes, yeah. Born two and a half months early. How <laughs> scary! How scary is that? It was man two. No, it two, was a it month was and a half early. Yeah. Too damn early. That's what yeah. it was. It's wild because Shamari was actually. You know, we haven't really told this story to too many people. Y'all got to definitely check our book out. We're okay. writing that right now. Music, money, and marriage. But you know, you family right here, man. Right. And, and, and for us, um. Shamari was on bed rest, right? For mm. two and a half months. Exactly. In, in the, the hospital. hospital, right? Wow. Could, you know, could get up to go to the bathroom. Other than that, no, she had No, I had a bedside it. commode. She sure did. I yeah. couldn't even go to the bathroom a that was in, in my hospital room. Right. I had to have a bedside commode. Like, wow. just hop from there and right back onto the bed. Yeah, wow. for the first month and a half Strict or what have rest. you. So, I mean, we're just praying. Like, they're saying, yo, if y'all can get past the. I want to say it was maybe the 28 or 30 week um, uh, threshold ultimately for uh, preemies or what have you. Mm-hmm. Then you've reached that mark where the likelihood of them surviving is a whole lot higher. Right. right. So, man, we're on pins and needles for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time while Shamari was in the hospital. And fortunately, they got to just under 33 weeks, uh, 32 weeks, six days. They were born, man. And uh that's wild. Ronald, from day one, he had his eyes open, paying attention to everything. Like, look, I see what the fuck is going on with everybody <laughs> in here. Don't y'all do nothing to my brother, number one. And I'm paying attention to what y'all doing to my mom and my dad as well. So, right. man, they've been soldiers, like, out the gates. And right now at almost 19 months, I mean, they're so smart there. Ronald's his ABCs. Like, he's... He's kind of like the intellectual one out the gate. And mm-hmm. Roman is like the physical one. Like he walked first and Ronald talked first for the right. most part. But the man, Roman yeah. Isn't isn't yeah. that isn't that the graciousness and the glory of our Lord, man? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that God's miracle? Like every time somebody thinks that God doesn't have a plan for them or God is not in their corner, God shows you that mm-hmm. he's right there for you. That's right. Each and every step of the way. To all glory be God, man. Because yes. without God, with God, everything is is absolutely possible and I wish more people would would yeah. turn to God and understand how important God can be in their lives. Speaking life. of that, with God, that was the reason why we were able to stay together and even have that blessing of children and Shamari, I know you can talk um to that through some of our challenges right. in, in our in our marriage, you mm-hmm. know. Um we were able to put him first and that was the beginning of us um really just setting a firmer foundation, you know, in our relationship so that we can get around the corner to have that ultimate blessing in our two children. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Let's take it back to right. the beginning. 
How did Mr. New Edition meet Miss Black? Because Shamari was in the group called Black, and and y'all went through your own personal stuff when you lost one of your members. Right, right. You know, how did Miss Black meet Mr. Uh, New Edition over here? Well, I was uh, in L.A. at the Janet Jackson Icon Awards on March 10th, 2001, and I went to an after party that night. And Mr. DeVoe just so happened to be there with Bobby Brown. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> happy 50th player. Yeah, happy 50th birthday, Bob. No, no, just you and Bob were at the party smile. together. Yeah. Just y'all two? At the party? Yeah, yeah. It when was you me met and her. Bob. Okay. Yeah, a couple right. of our boys were with us, but yeah, just me and Bob out of the crew. Out of the crew. Right, and then so he saw me walking by in the club. I was with Natina, rest in heaven, and our stylist at the time. And I just happened to walk by Mr. DeVoe here, and he grabbed my hand. Mm -hmm. And I just kept walking. I was like, yeah, whatever. So then after the party was over, he came up to me outside, and he was like, you know, can we exchange numbers? Can I take you to lunch tomorrow? And I was like, okay, cool. We beamed each other our numbers on the two-way. This is two-way. This is all the way back to the two-way. Yes, Yes, hit me with that yes. number on the beam. I missed the beam. Well, go ahead with the story. <laughs> March 10th, yep, 2001, back in the two-way days. So we exchanged numbers. The next day I was at the Beverly Center, so I, I hit him up. I was like, yo, so what you doing? You want to hang out? And, you know, he came to my hotel room that night. And the rest is history. <laughs> did you, did you, when he grabbed your hand and you turned around, did you know who he was? Yeah, I knew he, who he was. You already knew. Like, you yeah, was like, yeah. oh, this is Ronnie yeah, DeVos. Like, oh, listen, thank you. Thank you. Well, you knew who I and was, too. So. I knew who you were, yes, but I'm just saying thank you, because you said, so when he grabbed your hand and you turned around, did you know who he was? And Shamari said, yes, I knew who he was. So up until this point, you know, in the storytelling phase of our relationship, <laughs> Shamari, you know, seems to believe that she didn't even look at me at all. I'm I like, didn't Come know on, who then. you was, but I wasn't into that just because you was Ronnie DeVoe from oh, New no, Edition. Oh, no, not that part. I'm what just you saying. About? No, I'm just saying. Like when we tell the story, right? She's like, "No, I didn't look back at you. I didn't smile." I'm like, "Yo, when I grabbed her hand, like you know, very um, gentleman, like you know, right. it wasn't like a snatch. It wasn't like, come here, bitch. Quick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, it was a quick, me. hey, how you doing? Right? right? She looked back, like she said, and knew who I was. I thought I caught a nice little smile, and then she kept it moving. No. Of course, right? No mm. smile. She, uh, she didn't catch. Okay, see, well, that's the discrepancy. The, whether the she smiled part. or not. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but I sure enough smiled every day after the day we met. Okay, so the the uh the grabbing of the hand and then Shamari walks away. Ron, there's a club full of women. Yes. It's you and Bobby Brown. Yes. Probably G two most famous motherfuckers in the club. That yeah, night. yeah, yeah. Never the lie. legacy is ridiculous. Yes. Mm-hmm. From yes. the beginning of nineteen eighty three all the way until now, Whew. New Edition is legendary. They're a staple. There is nothing else like New Edition. Okay. Right. Say that. How do you reapproach her, and why do you reapproach her outside the club when she walked away from you? And you probably could have been like, you know what? Fuck this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to holler uh-uh. at somebody else. Uh-uh. What was it about Shamar? It was something in those eyes, man. It was something in that spirit when I seen her walking by and Natina was in front of us. She was holding Natina's hand, and like she said, publicists and you right. know, a couple other people were trailing them. And it was something in those eyes, man, you know. And uh, when she looked back at me, right, before she kept it moving into the club or around the club or what have you, I just felt like, yo, I got to get back over there and at least just shoot my game and see right. if I can get the <laughs> number and take it her, to right? the next level. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's what it was, you know, just something in that spirit spoke to me, man, and I felt like I needed to at least shoot my game and see if it was possible 
for us to continue some type of relationship, friendship, business, something until I could get to the, you know, the personal side of things. And fortunately, she was open to it. And uh, we beamed up. And like you said, there's women galore all over the place. I can't front. I probably beamed up maybe, you know, one or two others that night. (laughs) But, yo, they didn't they didn't make the cut. You know, who was it? None who, of them would like Who was Shamari in your life when all. you met Shamar? Did you have a girlfriend? Um, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure I know I was. who was in your life. Who I mean, was in I, your yo, life? Honestly, huh? I didn't have a girlfriend, you know. She at, was a Filipino? Yeah, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. I was playing a little bit of house. Like, one of the things that I pride myself, <laughs> right? One of the things what that the I, fuck is a little bit of house, I'm bro? I'm just saying, one of the things I pride myself in, my, I'm not going to tell anybody that I love them just to get right. to Poonani or right. Yai you know I mean? I'm not going to tell you that we're in a relationship unless I'm fully committed and aware that this is what I want to be in. Right. But ultimately, hey, you know, if you want to get down and you understand the parameters of what's going on then cool right okay so um yeah you know i had a little slight you know playhouse thing going on you he know was playing house with me too though at yeah, the same time yeah yeah but mm. you're right you did not commit he would not commit to me for the first three years really so, yes yeah, kicking, kicking and screaming kicking and, and screaming i was like please when did you know me. when did you know samari when did you know okay i knew i knew from that first Night. The next morning, I woke up and what did I say? I looked at you and I said, "Well, I see you again." Yeah. And you was like, "Yes, will you Hell see me yeah, again? Hell yeah, yeah, you'll see me again." Yeah. I just knew, like his energy, like everything about him. He's my twin flame. They say we look alike. Right. You know, he's he. I they didn't start saying that until after about two and a half years, though. For some reason, the first two and a half years, we hanging out, whatever, blase ski, and then. We crossed the threshold, and all of a sudden, we're sisters and brothers now. You right. Know? But, um, yeah, you know. When did you know, Ron? Um, I didn't know. When did you know that this was going to be the woman that you married? I didn't know, honestly, until Shamari gave me an ultimatum in our relationship, right? You know, I felt like, you know, her, her, um, her beauty, her intelligence, her humor, like just... Uh, her foundation, like everything was amazing to me, but I just, you know, I'm moving from L.A. to Atlanta, right? I met Shamari in L.A. 2001. I moved to Atlanta, uh, Atlanta and I met her in March. I moved to Atlanta in November. Okay. Come on now, like this is Chocolate City, man. <laughs> I'm like, yo, there's no way I'm going to settle down in Atlanta right. as soon as I touch down, right? <laughs> So that's kind of what it was. You know, let me just kind of check my options and see what's going on. But at the same time, man, we're with each other every damn near day. every day, like you know. We're together. Yeah. Right. And um, it wasn't until fast forward damn near three years later that she gave me an ultimatum. She was in Germany, right? Uh, performing with Black and um, I'm in Atlanta or wherever the hell I was. Um, she called me on the phone and was like, look, you know, I, I can't take the shit no more. Like, unless we're going to be together and you can commit to me, I got to move on. You know, not like she was, you know, not taking care of business and, you know, moving around and, you know, tasting a couple other things herself. But, you know, she felt in her heart like that's not what she wanted. You know, she wanted me. And I felt like, man, um, I just had to reflect on the last, you know, almost two, three years of our relationship, man, through some roller coaster rides in the music industry, and we yeah. all know what that is. Yeah. You know, some ups and downs. Shamari was there when I was, you know, shit, at the bottom of the roller coaster, you know, on mm-hmm. my way back up. And um, she helped me with a couple things, you know, during that uh, those challenging times. You know, she spoke life into me. We would be on the phone two, three, four hours, you know, a time at night, you know, when I'm going through my situations. And she's running around the country and around the world mm-hmm. performing or what have you. So I just felt like not only do I love all these other things about her, 
But man, you know, just the fact that she was there when I didn't really have much She's at all. She's a ride or die. Yes, you know that kind of shit's got to be rewarded. Damn so right. That's what. That's what. That's it was. right. When you, you know, know, when you know somebody will wake up in a cardboard box with you. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Matters. You don't throw that shit away because something. You know, something was. is prettier. Yeah. Some shit like yes, that. Right. Or somebody that's just with you because you. Ronnie DeVoe from New Edition. Yeah. She was with you because you're Ronald Boyd DeVoe. Right. Junior. Right. That's right. why she was with you. Right. Absolutely. All they tell you that. And you both of y'all went through some hard times, man. And you lost your girl from right. black mm-hmm. right at when y'all was right there. Right. About to this is before Destiny's Child, right? No, it was after Destiny's Child. It was that, after yeah. that, but Destiny's y'all y'all was just about to uh, ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We just signed our record deal and everything. Oh, wow. And we... Um, Who found Black? Lisa Lopez. How? From Tia, um, So basically, me and Brandy and Natina, we all knew each other before we met Lisa. Okay. I um, went to school with Natina. I met Brandy at different talent showcases throughout Atlanta. So Natina actually hooked up with Lisa when, while she was in high school, and Lisa wanted to form a group around Natina. So Natina called me up. She was like, yo, I want you to come and audition for Left Eye. I was like, Left Eye? Like, wow. man, this is like that's TLC. I- yeah, this that's is iconic. iconic right here. So Absolutely. So, yeah, we went over there, and I brought Brandy in along with me, and we auditioned for Lisa, and she loved us, and she just took us under her wing and got us our first record deal with Tommy Mottola. Wow. Columbia Records. Straight out the gate. 1997, first ever label we auditioned for in life. We got our record deal as Black, yeah. Wow. Who came up with the name Black? Well, Lisa's brother came up with the name Black. He was... um, he had a management company called Black House, and since he introduced us to his sister, you know, we kind of like okay. wanted to, you know, pay a little respects to Mr. Ronald Lopez over there. <laughs> and named it after Black, you know, but it stands for Believing in Life and Achieving a Quest for Unity and Everything. Wow, so, very colorful group. Wow. Well, and when did when after Natina passed, is that what kind of made y'all go your separate way? Like, why didn't you just get another female? Yeah, and continue. Well, Natina is irreplaceable. It was no way we could have ever replaced Natina. Um, me and Brandy did actually keep going. We continued to record mm-hmm. and do shows here and there. And even in the show, we do have a DJ, which is kind of, it's not Natina, but we didn't want to replace it, but we still wanted to have that that female right. um, hype girl up there mm-hmm. um, that can really, you know, bring a different energy to the to our group and we just wanted to make sure that we kept Natina's legacy and her energy alive but right. it is very hard like to yeah. go on without Natina because she was like the left eye of our group. Yeah, like, absolutely. She went out and she got us a re- well, the first time with Columbia with Lisa, we ended up getting dropped, but Natina after that went in and had a meeting, a sit-down meeting with Sylvia Rome by herself and she got black another deal like we wow. didn't have to go up there and audition or anything. Thing so she was just how tough was that getting dropped because I've been dropped so I know what it feels like yeah it's just it's disheartening isn't it yeah it's very disheartening it's like man will I ever get to that level again you know with my music and my career and at first it was just like you I didn't I I didn't really accept it but then after a while it started getting real like man I really I'm really not you know doing shows anymore and I'm not in the studio recording anymore and it's just really hard and it kind of like that was one of the things that made me lose my passion to ever want to uh, sing again. Mm. Yeah, like I just I was like done. I was over it. So I um 
ended up going to school and getting my bachelor's degree right. during that time. You know, okay. just placing my energy in other places because I like I didn't I didn't know what I wanted, so I went to school, and that was another dream of mine to always go to school. So I was able to fulfill that other dream and make it come to reality. Wow! And and Ron, New yeah. Edition documented some of your low points. How hard was it for you? Coming from 1983, hit yeah. after hit after hit after hit after hit. Things yeah. split apart. Bobby blows up. Yeah. Ralph goes off to do his thing. Y'all form BBD. Right. Bam. Yeah. Poison. Still Crazy. one of the fucking biggest records yeah. in the world to this day. Wow. And then you find yourself in the classroom taking real estate classes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. I mean, that's the one of the low points of my career. But at the same time, um, Certain things you go through in hindsight, you don't really recognize the blessing at the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, even kicking Bobby out of the group, we didn't realize the blessing at the time. But if that wouldn't have happened, then you wouldn't have had no Don't Be Cruel, my That's prerogative, right. That's right. rock with you. That's right. And the diamond status, you know, iconic figurehead that Bobby Brown is, right? If Ralph and Johnny wouldn't have at some point in their careers after the heartbreak or during the heartbreak tour felt like, yo, it's time for us to move on and handle business, then like you said, that monster poison would have never happened. Right. Right. So, okay. And my, my, my would have never right, happened. Right, exactly. And sensitivity and all of the yeah. other stuff that's and a the, part of and that and new then, edition family it's, catalog. It's right? Speaking of that mm -hmm. record, it's weird when I saw the after seven thing. That they wrote that my 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 for after seven. Wow, that was supposed to be an after seven record, and yeah. Melvin didn't show up to the studio, Ooh. and he gave it to fucking Johnny. Yo, well, here 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 this one out, and we were telling this story when wow. we were on the road um, last, um, kind of the end of the summer fall uh, with RBRM, Ronnie, Bobby, right. Ricky, and Mike. How every little step was actually supposed to be a new edition record, right? But, you know, Come I think on, Face son. had, you know, um, the intention was maybe for Bobby to potentially sing it within New Edition and maybe have Ralph Sprinkle in it or what have you. It could have been a duo right. or what have you. But, I mean, you know, certain records mm. just fall out of That's your crazy. grasp and they fall into somebody else's and they do what they're supposed to do. Poison, for that matter, you know, my dude, Al B. Shore. That was actually supposed to be a record for Al B. Shore. Are you kidding me? Oh, yes. God, I don't see that one. Yeah, yes. I don't see that at all. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, I don't see that at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, certain records just fall into certain people's hands, but ultimately they land where they're supposed to land. Right. My, 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 poison, every little step and all of the, uh, and all of the above. But for me, um, the real estate side of things, it was a passion of mine when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. North High, right there in the suburbs of Boston, Massachusetts, I, I was taking architecture classes and then boom we just blow up 1983 we're off and running so that passion falls by the wayside because it's all about music at that point and fast forward to about 1999 2000 i'm in los angeles california you know it's a slowdown as far as new edition is concerned the um home again tour blows up in our face yeah part. we oh, split so apart from each that. other we ended up actually going on the road with just the four of us with no bobby and mike it was actually a pretty successful tour i was able to put some real money in my pocket to sustain for the next probably three or four years until shit started dwindling down right right so i'm like okay are you questioning why things are dwindling down Am after, I questioning? Yeah, after such a career when everything was just like, it was just like back to back to back to back to back. Like, I yeah, broke apart yeah. home again. Okay, let's go on tour. Yeah. And then three, four years I mean, later, yeah. it's like, how could it, were you asking yourself, how could there not be 
anybody that wants to see fucking new edition. Exactly. I'm right there in the middle of it. I'm just beginning to find myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like I'm the quiet guy, the shy guy in the background, but I'm paying attention to Ralph and his you know, his lead persona, right? Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to Bob as he blows up on the Heartbreak Tour. I'm talking about opening up, you know, then I'll be sure, then we shut it down. Right. Bob goes from opening up to coming on right before us to stamping his own tour, right. you know, to and closing. out doing New Edition, right. you know, ultimately, right? And then I'm looking at Mike, you know, and his business persona, paying attention to how he's kind of taking the reins as far as the offstage business of New Edition. Boys to Men, right. Another Boys Bad Creation. Exactly. He goes yeah. on uh, Biv 10 and all the other stuff yeah. that he does. So I'm just paying attention, like finally beginning to come into my own, right? And then boom, the big blow up. I'm like, damn, right? <laughs> so how is Ronnie DeVoe going to be known like, what is Ronnie DeVoe going to be known for? So I'm in Cali, and I start to find this passion for real estate again, right? Mm-hmm. But this is Los Angeles, California. I got about three nickels to scrape together at this particular <laughs> time. I can't really get into real estate here. Like, I need something new, fresh. Like, I need a change of pace, a change of scenery. I met Shamari, you know, in March, right. and I'm feeling like 2001, like, Okay, you know, maybe it's Atlanta, right? Let me just take it to Atlanta. It's the black Mecca. So many of us are doing well for themselves. I got to be able to make some connections there in that city. And as far as real estate is concerned, a million dollar house in Cali, you can get that same damn house in Atlanta for probably 300000 or what right. have you, right? Yeah. And it tears down from there. So I went to Atlanta, you know, with the intent to set this whole situation up as far as real estate, ran into um, my mentor, Mary Gill, um, real estate agent who took me around in the West End over by where the Georgia Dome is, now the Mercedes Dome. Right. Uh, She was showing me properties. And then we had a conversation about how long it would take for me to get my real estate license and have the same access to all of these properties and investment opportunities that she has. Right. And I'm thinking damn, you know, like to make the kind of money that we were making as new addition, I got to go to school for eight years plus another (laughs) four and then some change to become a doctor or something like that to make the paper that we were making, right? Right. Damn, that's going to take too damn long, right? So Mary says 75 hours, right? Uh Which in a month's time, you can get your real estate license as long as you pass the course and then you pass the state exam. Probably cost you, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, maybe fifteen hundred dollars in total, you know, from start to finish. Boom. Now you can hit the ground running. I'm like, what? Like, that's perfect for me. So I went to school. You know, knocked it out the park as far as my school exam. Got like an 83. Knocked it out the park as far as the state exam. Got like maybe an 84. And I'm off and running. You right. Know, selling real estate. And Now, are you doing commercial real estate? Or? No, I wanted to learn from the ground up. Right? right. So I said, let me just, yo, I don't want to fumble the ball over here. Let me go on ahead and learn residential. And it's crazy because at the time, Shamari, you know, we're walking this walk together, right? And she's like, yo, you know, I'm going to be your first client, right? I'm like, get out of here. You ain't going to be my first client, whatever. And Shamari was actually my first client, man. She bought a townhouse in Lawrenceville, um, Georgia, you know, right there on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually my first client, yep. man. 2002. You know, she wow. gave me that whole little, yep. you know, that whole little confidence that, 
okay, I can really just flip some houses, you know, ultimately. And, uh, man, I made, like, maybe $4,500 on that deal, uh-huh. you know, for not a whole lot of work. Really. Right. Okay, we went out and looked at probably about 10, 12 different homes, and I went back to the crib, wrote up, you know, the contract. I mean, really, that's not a whole lot of, it's yeah. not a time-consuming thing. So, like, for shit, $4,500? I mean, I can do this all day. And, you know, at, uh, uh, you know, Shamari's first home was probably about, like, man, about buck 80 or something like that, the townhouse. Right. So I'm like, okay, if I do that, about buck 80, man, if I sell something for 500000 you know, I'm making maybe fifteen k off the right. thing, right? So, I mean, that's how I kind of started, man, just feeling like, okay. So it wasn't, after you did that and you put your all into it and you decided to do it, it wasn't a, a piece of you that says, damn, I got to show people these houses. And they like, Riley DeVoe. <laughs> nah. I thought about that a lot. I was Mm-mm. like, you need me to go with you <laughs> right, on some shit, of these? From the security yeah. perspective, that's what right. she's thinking. Like, yo, do I need to knock somebody out? But I mean, just out? like off, off of, you know, some people off get so cut up, caught up in nah, who they man. are or who, what mm-hmm. their persona is, yeah. you know, that they're afraid to, Right, you know, humble themselves right. enough Come to go down like off the hill. Uh-uh. Yeah, because you know, I had a, a point in my career, and this is about four years ago, right. where I didn't have a job, bro, mm-hmm. and I was in East Orange, New Jersey, because my house was in West Orange at a job fair. Right, oh. and people are walking in like Ed Love at the job fair. What are you doing right. at the job fair? And I'm like, I got a family to feed, bro. Exactly, I got to do what I got to do. Ain't mm-hmm. nobody blowing my goddamn phone up right, right. now. Right, you know. So sometimes you just gotta. Take yourself away from this persona of who you think you're supposed right. to be right. and let God do his work on you. Right. And then you'll get mm-hmm. back to where you might not get all the way back to right. where you're supposed to be. But if you can sustain and have a right. good living, what's wrong with that? Well, if you look at um, the the most influential people, right, the billionaires and the millionaires on this planet, the one thing that they do have in common is real estate in some capacity. They have to own a home. They have to own businesses and office space or leasing something, you know, for their businesses or what Mm -hmm. have you. So real estate is the common denominator and they can't make any more of it. So it's always going up in value, even after what happened in 2008, which, you know, set my company back a whole lot. But we stay remain, you know, we're still doing our thing to this day. Um, Shit went down, you know, but now in 2019, it's rebounding and it's like way above where it was back in 2008. So if you can buy and have the fortitude to be able to hold, it's always going to go back up and keep increasing. So that's the common denominator. And I felt like, yo, for me, real estate was actually getting ready to become the meat and potatoes and new additions money was about to just be the gravy on top, you know, right. until, you know, things happened in 2008, but we're well on our way back and uh, doing what we're supposed to do. But nah, like it, in new addition for me, I was always a humble individual and you can meet people that uh, have met me and talk to them, have sidebar conversations. I don't have to be anywhere near the conversation and they'll tell you whether they met me in the elevator or they met me on the block, they met me at a restaurant or what have you. You know, I'm the same person that um, I, the same person that I am today is the same person that I was even before Candy Girl and the blow up. Um, so, I mean, I, I just feel like my mom raised me in that way. My dad raised me in, in that way. My grandparents had a lot to do with it. My environment had a lot to do with it. And me, you know, something in my spirit just says, I can't be, you know, this 
This, don't touch this, me. Don't yeah, touch me. God complex, Get away from like, me. Nah, man. Yeah, nah, yeah. man. Like, cause you see some of the same people on your way down, <laughs> you know, right. going back up and That's vice right. versa. So, you know, you never know who, who you may have, have to lean on to pick you back up when you're, you know, falling. Ronnie, will you keep it all the way a hundred with your boy? Yeah. Yeah. All the way a hundred. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike. Yes. No Ralph, no Johnny. No Ralph, no Johnny. Is it true that that Bob and Ralph don't get along? Shit, man. I mean, there's some dynamic going on, you know, in our group in a number of different areas, right? Whether it's Bob or Ralph, um, whether it's Ralph and Mike, you know, whether it's Johnny and Mike, you know, um, for some reason, Myself and Ricky seem to be the middle of the road <laughs> of the group, you know, and then you have the extremes. Right. Um, um, but, uh, man, you know. But y'all just came off the most right. successful series right. BET Gosh. has ever had. We no all sense, glued man. ourselves yeah. to, right, to every single night to see the new edition story. Yes. This is a story that I thought would be in the theaters. Right. But thank God y'all did a miniseries right. because it would have been too long to That's sit right. in the theaters. Right. Y'all exposed parts of your lives that we never even knew existed. Right. Right. And the shit was a rousing mm. success, yes. man. Right. I mean... From yes. Bashir Gray, from Empire, all of them yes. dudes that portrayed yes. you guys did a phenomenal right. dead spot on job. You know how long I've known y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, so now we're all sitting back. Waiting. As the people that have loved you our whole entire lives, <laughs> right. except me. I ain't like the motherfuckers when they were small you because sure all the girls loved the motherfuckers. And I was like, fuck them, motherfuckers. <laughs> Drew to love these go. motherfuckers. These At my least boys. you keep it real, Ed. Like, these my boys. Saying 83, that shit. 83. Saying that shit for 83, the girls is crazy about these 15 motherfuckers. 15 years now. And I'm like, shit, well, who is these motherfuckers? But anyway, you know, I'm, I'm a New York dude, so right. you're from Boston. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. That's you where know? we blasted off right. in New York and your city, but yeah, gang, absolutely. Gang. So now we're sitting back and we're like, they're going on tour. Right. right. And this shit is going to be massive. And it fucking doesn't happen, bro. It doesn't happen, man. No it album. Just, no album. No new record. Like, so we're thinking all of this shit right. is about the pop so many off. things on the runway. And all you saw was Belle Biv DeVoe, you know. Right. Leading up to the movie and even after the movie. And that was only because, like Keith said, in the movie, we're great together, but sometimes you we said. just can't get it together. Right. right? I mean, he said it because he was playing me. But, I mean, that's just the truest statement. Is it still, y'all still like that? I mean, you are the most dynamic, fantastic fucking group. Look at what's group. going on. Like, it's just RBRM. There's yeah. no Ralph. Right. There's, There's no, no Johnny. Ralph. There's no Johnny. You know, there, um, you know, I saw some, some stuff uh, with them on a cruise just recently uh -huh. and mm. man it's just sad that the group is split up into two factions right now and i don't really have all the answers for you ed man i wish i can sit here and say that i can reel this thing in and you know just shit put everybody in the room and let's just put the boxing gloves on and just go man, at each other out. and come out you know friends like y'all been together for how fucking long dog this is ridiculous it's very it's very but you know Damn. The one thing I, I, the only thing that I can say is there are blessings that come out of the stagnation, if that's a word, 
of the group new edition yeah you know like again you know if 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 you know bob doesn't move around you know you don't get the depth of new edition or the the start of the depth of new edition right, right? if ralph and johnny you know at the point of heartbreak which pe- people felt like after candy girl was the redefining album for new oh, yeah, edition absolutely like right. yo okay it this took is, y'all from little boys to that's grown what i'm saying mm-hmm. like this is what we want you know from new edition count me out some of that shit right yeah um, but this is what we want. Right. We, we know we're going to get another record. No, you're not going to get another record because Johnny and Ralph are moving around and Mike, Rick, and Ron are like, what the fuck is going on? What the hell are we going to do? I guess we're just going to sit back and wait until Johnny and Ralph are finished and then maybe we can wrap this thing back around and get on tour again. Luckily for Jam and Lewis, you know, they sparked our brains by saying, yo, just go on ahead and form a group, right? Right. The stagnation of New Edition. Um <sighs> It is what it is, <laughs> man. And then, yo, man. Ralph spoke it into existence himself, you know, a long time ago on the record Cool It Now, you know, Ronnie, right. Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. He said yeah, it. Yeah, he said it. Right? And fast forward all the way to 2018, it's actually Ronnie, Ronnie Bobby, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Ricky, and Mike. Well, we started last year, you know. Bro, I hate to think yeah. that when I saw you guys in Philadelphia a few years ago. Right. I stood in the audience, and this is the first time I ever told anybody. I stood is in the audience. Is that all six of us? Yes. Okay. Oh, and man. I cried. Dang. It's the first time, Dang. and then y'all rewound it, y'all played the video, mm-hmm. and y'all said, and it started like this, and right. each one of your names came up with no Johnny, and y'all motherfuckers came out the original five? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got yeah. chills, bro. Yeah. I was fighting them tears. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. And I would hate to think this is the last time right. that I would see New Edition. Right. I don't think it is. Did you see the Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike tour? You guys were phenomenal. I caught you in Chicago. See, you were off see, the fucking chain. That's all I'm saying. It's just a part of this thing. That <laughs> this function. <laughs> when, you say, when you say God has a plan that yeah. we really can't even fathom, yeah. we can't piece together, we yeah, can't figure it out. Phenomenal. When uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this, you know, uh, I love every moment that I've ever been on stage with any one of the guys throughout our career, right? But when I talk to some of the people that were reluctant, about coming to see Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike because they wanted to see all six of us after the success of the movie. And finally, somebody coached them into it or even personal friends of ours are like, look, I'm cool on that, man. You know, like, holla at me when y'all get it all back together, (laughs) right? And we're convincing them, look, come on, man, just at least come out and support and see what it is. The reaction and the response is like, yo, that was probably sitting next to maybe my favorite new edition moment of all time, that Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and mm-hmm. Mike show, man. So, I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're supposed to be doing and why you're doing what you're doing at that particular time. But to get that reaction from people, it feels like, okay, you know, maybe this is what we're supposed to do. And not to say that, man, with all six of us on stage with – those monster hits, that, I mean, to be able to go to my, oh, my, my insensitivity so and ridiculous. fall back and just, Y'all you know, were doing s- records I on, never man. saw yeah, y'all. I, I love that, yo. Oh, my yo, God. Like, y'all did Lost on, in man. Love, dog. Listen, oh. I never saw y'all do come Lost on, in Love. I, y'all broke out Lost in Love. I was I like, are you fucking no, kidding me right now? No, we're all six. Yeah. All, all six, six of them. Oh, oh, man. Lost in Love. I was like, I've never seen them. I haven't seen them perform that since they was doing, like, Roseland. 
in New York. Off we, the- le- we left so much fucking money on the table. It's ridiculous, yo. And not even money. Money, like money is, you know, something that allows us to be able to feed our families and to be able to um, even influence and help our community and do other things. Like, you know, for Shamari and myself, where, um, you know, we pride ourselves in making sure that we're giving as much as we can, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's autism or bikes and backpacks for kids or whatever it may be, right? But we left so much on the table, you know, not forming like Voltron, you know, and making the paper and that, being that able to minute. influence the kids. Like, just think of the generations. Like, even for Belle Biv DeVoe, we saw this on the road during all the shows that we began to do right after after the movie. I mean, our core audience is our core audience, but we started to see, you know, five and six kids. I'm talking about five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 13-year-olds in the audience. And show after show after show, that began to grow to like 15 and 30 and 100. And you can tell the influence of that movie and right. what it had on not only our core audience, but generations. Yeah, man. And a brand new audience oh that might not have known. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So it pisses me to off, yo. <laughs> and, and I'm going to bleep myself. I right. bleep myself, as you <laughs> can see. Right? I want to talk to you and your wife about yeah. your music, but I want to ask you one more question, bro, before we move on. Yeah. Is it wonderful to know that you are part of a group that can splinter off into so many different things and still be successful? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. That's God's plan. And that's one more question. One yeah. more question. How do you, Mike, and Rick stay so tight? Cause y'all never, I've never heard of y'all three beefing with each other. Nah, nah. Hmm. I mean, we had a. Couple I mean, y'all of, get to the point. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're but your not brothers. To the, yeah, you don't love yeah, your brothers sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you like you right. like you love them, but you don't like them. Yeah, not that's to the, the word point I'm talking where we about. We gonna stop the progress, you know, or stop the blessing. You're right. Um, I think myself, Mike, and Rick. You know, the nucleus and the core. You know, we gotta include my uncle Brooke in that right. nucleus and core of. New edition, and of course, Bell Biv DeVoe. And yeah, as long as we're tight, then we bring that into new edition and it remains as tight as it needs to be. Um, because other than that, it would be splintered off crazy, you right? Know? But, um, yeah, man, I'm just excited about the new tour that we have as Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike coming up in the end of April and moving throughout the rest of the um, summer. Cool. I'm excited about the music that uh, my wife and I have. Tell on the me table about right that. Now. Whose Ooh. idea was that? Jump on in, baby. I didn't see Chamari. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> well, that's a new group. This is. Let this other shit fuck up. Us two are going to. <laughs> hey, speaking of, right, the reason why shit. Uh, splinters and breaks up sometimes because sometimes there's a window that needs to be open for something else. But go ahead, babe. Oh yes, meaning of course. Us. This is this is us. This is me and Mari, the DeVos, because he is such a legend. Like I just I just wanted to be in a group with my husband Woo. because I knew that. Is that what y'all calling it, me and Mari? Yes, me and Mari, oh, aka nice. the DeVos. DeVos, aka the DeVos. But yes. we, you know, the name is you know, it's both names. Yeah, it's me and Mari and the DeVos, and right. we we started working on our record back in like 2013. Yeah. So 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Whose idea was this? It was it was almost like a mutual idea, like uh-huh. right because me and Ron was just like he always talked about how much he loves my voice That's and right. he, he says I have one of the most beautiful voices he knows. Thank you, baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so like, why not you know put our talents together and form a group and and sing 
about the love and the commitment and the, just the power right. that and the emotions and all of the, the goods and the bads and relationships. Like we just thought it was be it would be a great opportunity for us to put our talents together and let the world see, yeah. you know, a power couple doing music together. Yeah. yeah. No fear in doing it the way the music business has changed. No, not, not at, all. at all. Yeah. One of the other things that came into play was another moment in New Edition's career where um, 2012 was around the time we were rocking and rolling with each other. I think it was the five of us uh, without Bob at the time. And something happened to where, okay, no more New Edition. You know, at that particular time, no right. more touring. You know, maybe Johnny wanted to do his thing or what have you. I forgot in hindsight w what it was, but... It was one of those things where it's like, okay, another moment in my career or our careers where we got to figure something different out. Of course, we could go to Bell Biv DeVoe, but at the time, we weren't thinking Bell Biv DeVoe as much as, damn, you know, once again, here we go. Here you we know, go. Great together, just can't get it together. Right. And the conversation came up between my wife and I where it was like, yo, let's, I mean, when you think about Ashford and Simpson, when you think about Sonny and Cher and some of the duos that Heard have of Flag, had, Donnie Hathaway, exactly, mm -hmm. you know, Cheryl Lynn, Luther Vandross, like right. all in all, have Marvin Gaye, Gay, Tammy, Tammy Terrell, Terrell. Yes. <laughs> that have had great success in the industry. There was nothing like that, you know, in the music industry right. at that time, 2012, 2013, Jay when we Beyonce. started to, yeah, yeah, when we started <laughs> to conceptualize this, right? right? So, um, yeah, you know, we had had the conversation. It was just one of those moments where it was like the light went off again, like how Bell Biv DeVoe came about. Right. And unfortunately for us, we started working on music. Mm -hmm. And at the same time we were working on music, that's when the t around that same time the Tina passed. passed. Okay. Yeah. So all of these different emotions and different things began to creep into our relationship. And we weren't able to, the music wasn't able to see the light of day right. until, you know, fast forward five years from now. But that's the story that we're telling. It's our testimony. And I guess we had to go through some bumps and bruises to be able to have a story behind the music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about right now. Yeah, married couples don't always agree. So I know y'all ain't always agree on music. No, no. no, no How do you sell your differences? If one wants a record <laughs> and the other one's like, nah, this shit is bullshit. Yeah. <sighs> Sometimes you just have to meet halfway and be mm. like okay i'll do this for you and then the next record make sure that you meet me halfway and you do it for me you just have to compromise sometimes even though you guys you know not gonna always get along and like it was times where i felt like he just wasn't seeing me and appreciating me and my choices and my opinions because he's ronnie devoe he knows he it got, all he got, right. he got years in this game. right right and i do but i'm saying well he's like you know he's been in the music industry so long that sometimes he feels like he can do everything and i'm like no we need you know we need help we may need a manager to come in you know right. let's just sit back and be creative and it's just different times where we had our little disputes and everything and it caused um, probably one of the worst separations in, you know, the history of our relationship around mm -hmm. that time because mm. we were just going through a lot. And right. that was the time where we um, decided to have an open relationship. Yeah. I actually went to my husband and, and said to him, um, sure did. yes, what do you think about this? So it wasn't him coming to me, but it was I was just like in a state where I was just in so much pain. Like I just lost Natina and I was in a state of brokenness. And that was just the way that I, you know, dealt with my pain at the time. Right. You know? So, yeah. yeah. Did it draw you guys closer together? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. It did. It took about what? Boy, it took about four years for us to figure out how to, yeah, you know, turn it back around. Uh-huh. Um, but once we started working on our music and the Tina passed and, you know, things began to get a little rocky and then we introduced the open relationship. Um, yeah. That was eight years ago. And the, yeah, world was, went, and the world went crazy. Oh, uh, it went crazy. Yeah. You know, it went crazy because, you know, initially it seems like a good idea because, you know, you feel like you're going to be able to taste a couple different flavors and uh-huh. all the above, but then jealousy and envy and where's my wife at and where's my husband at, all oh, of yeah. those different things start to come into play. Mm-hmm. And before you it'll know never it, work, you, it'll, yeah. n- it'll never work out for the man. Nah, before you know it. <laughs> I yeah. know. Uh-huh. It don't work out for the man. It no. works out when you first hear it because you're like, word? Yeah. I can do that? Right. Right, but then. but and in your mind you like, but I really don't want you to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do it, but I don't want yeah. you to well, do it. Yeah, matter of fact, let's do it. Can I do it with you? you know, right. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's women, you know that we bring into the table, and really that's the only thing that would have been an option for me. Right. Then okay, you know, my mind is wide open to that because we talked about that. I think in well, not, I'm not gonna say in any relationship, but when you first meet a woman, you know, as a man, one of the things that I would like to do, you know, y'all, you know, so we talked about it before, like, yo, let's have a little threesome. Or yeah, what have you. But we just never really went there in our relationship. So, boom, when she came and introduced the option of having this open relationship and the fact that girls would be involved, I'm like, OK, well, we talked about this a while ago. Let's see what's happening. Right. Right. And uh, that really never happened. You know, no, we went above that. Right, we yeah. didn't, you know, the you know, the threesome didn't happen, you know. I'm like, okay, now you weren't you, over you're thinking about and, where she is. Right. right. You're I'm thinking about head. where he is. Right. Right. You're wondering if she's gonna fall in love with this person yeah. and leave. Yeah. You're wondering if he's gonna fall in love with this person and leave. Yeah. And then it's just all a yeah. freaking mess. Yeah. And then this Pandora's box just, you know, began to open up more and more and to the point where we're sitting down at a table in front of the computer trying to figure out how we're gonna split everything that was ours up oh wow like it's done like this i'm finished you know she was finished in her mind at um, one point in in the relationship i'm sure and we've talked about it i'm finished you know of course at one point in our relationship um and it wasn't until um what around around 2015 uh, yeah end of 2014 going into 2015 shamari would come to me in the 14 and she would ask me about seeing uh, a marriage coach um mm-hmm. and for black men that's just one of those taboo things yeah. like, i don't need nobody to tell me like uh-uh like we went to our marriage coach be premarital counseling yeah so did i two weeks right right don't do this don't do that right, yeah, right, all right. That old shit. but you know as a black man you just feel like that's a taboo topic i don't need nobody to tell me how to handle my business right um, but something in my spirit, you know, I loved my wife, but still all of the mess that we had in between us just had me with blinders on, you know, at this moment in our relationship. But then something in my spirit just told me, OK, you know, cool. Let me just come down off of my high horse and go on ahead and see a marriage counselor. And we went through maybe two or three of them and there would be some good advice. And then sometimes the advice would be skewed in one direction, you know, uh, we would go to a 
a female and it might be skewed in her direction. We go to a man and it's skewed in my direction. And we took bits and pieces out of some of those meetings. And it wasn't until she met and found this Christian married couple, mm -hmm. Martez and Wadrina Layton online. And we finally uh, met up with them that um, then we finally found that couple that was ultimately able to speak life into our relationship and set a firm foundation in a number of different ways where now 2015, we started that road to recovery and it's been great. Like you said, ever since, ever like since. we found a uh, stronger love in each other. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about some of the things that we've gone through in the past because you can't forget stuff, but right. you forgive you know, what you've gone through. And nobody can tell us anything that we don't know about each other right. now. I mean, day of declaration. Um, so, you know, it don't matter. Don't matter. It we don't had matter. our day of declaration. He told me everything and I told him everything. Right. Everything. Yeah, yes, everything. even stuff that he did not want to hear exactly. because I'm so brutally honest. Man. I tell every small little detail. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to hear all that <laughs> shit. Ooh, yo. Ooh, right, like, stabbed yeah. the shit out of me, man. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, unless you really know, you don't know whether or not you can actually deal with those things. It's better you know, for your wife or your significant other to sit down at the table with you and just let you read the book. And then you figure out whether or not, okay, is this a book that I want to put on the shelf? Or is this a book that I want to embrace and fall asleep with and right. continue to read or what have you? And I felt like, okay, this is a book that I want to fall asleep with and continue to read because, yes. you know, I love, you know, every page of it, even though it takes you through that roller coaster ride of emotions and all of the above, the good is is far outweighs the bad. some of the bad that we've been through. And I think any relationship is going to get to the yeah. point where there challenges. are some challenges. So Every relationship. Right, do we shut this down and pick it back up and have even deeper problems with somebody else? Right. Right. Or, you know, the grass ain't green on the other side. Shamari, yeah. why did you say yes to the Real Housewives? I said yes to the Real Housewives. Well, at first I said no. They approached me back when I was pregnant with the twins, and I didn't want to deal with all of that shade and tea and drama. So I was like, no, I'll pass. And then they reached out to me again. This was after the twins were born. Uh -huh. And I knew that I had to talk to my husband about it first and foremost. Um, and he's so protective. And his first response was hell no right i don't want to do it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the more and more we we spoke we realized that this was a huge platform the housewives of atlanta is major and we would be able to tell our testimony uh, specifically to other couples being marriage ambassadors so right i i looked at it more like a way for me to not to gain any reality star fame, but to more so send a message right. of of what we're trying to do. Well, you guys very cos uh, What's the word? Cognitive or something? Cognizant. Cognizant. <laughs> Cognizant. What about mean? what? How you would be portrayed on the show? Yeah. 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 I just mm -hmm. I I was very um, concerned about that because I wanted to be portrayed in the the truest light, uh -huh. like just who we are as a family and who we represent. And, you know, when you put yourself out there, there's so many people that are judgmental of you and uh -huh. people criticize you and saying all types of things about you. But at the end of the day, you have to think. Is it worth it more to actually tell your message or is it is it 
is it worth it to just sit back and not have a voice? You know, it's better to have a voice and to speak and then people know what you're about. So that's why I said, okay, I guess we're going to have to do it because we need to get our message out there to the world because we've gone through some major challenges in our relationship. And it's only right that because we have this testimony that we share with other people, because mm-hmm. a lot of people go through things in their relationship, but they just don't talk about it, you know, and, and it's more, it's better to be more transparent because our transparency is ultimately what helps save other people and it's, it's what helps save y'all and you and right. said and you said god right uh-huh we're spiritual beings right religion is a, no, a whole nother thing right one of the things that we did was pray with each other that's what brought us back together uh number one and just putting that up in the air it's like you know that ultimate being and that ultimate source of energy and positivity and power and life if this is for us then open the door, right? All you got to do is take not, one step. Exactly. If one baby not, step towards God, it'll take two and a half. Shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Right. And not only did he open the door for us, right? Most people that come to the show come to the show as a friend of the show, and then they may work their way up into having the little peach that Shamari has. Right. <laughs> you know, first season, Shamizzle got the peach. So he opened the door, and he opened the door in a way where um, we're solidified in the show um, as one of the real cast members of the show as far as Shamari is concerned. And her personality is infectious. Um, yeah. And people are beginning to understand the reasons why because the flack that came from it before the show started was, why are y'all doing this? You know, Ronnie, yeah. you're going to tear your legacy no, down. Shamari, no, Shamari's going to mess your legacy up. Oh, wow. Okay, well, Shamari's going to mess your legacy up. Like, legacy. No way things. that can No happen. way I can do that. Only person that can mess that up is God. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you hear, yo, ladies and gentlemen, the newest diva to the show is Ronnie DeVoe and all these different things as opposed <laughs> to him being Shamari. I'm like, right. yo, this is crazy. Right, it's already but started. We didn't even, they didn't even see us yet. Wow. As people have saw, seen the episodes and they see Shamari's personality. They say Shamari is very entertaining. Right. <laughs> and and they hear our story, you know, they understand the purpose and the reason why we accepted the challenge of being right. a part of the housewives. Well, it's cool. I think it's very dope. Yeah. Thank I think you. it's I think it's very very dope and looking forward to seeing much more. And when are y'all going to drop a full length e, uh, LP or EP? Ooh, when so is that coming? We're, we're looking at our anniversary, which is March 10th. Um, there's a whole lot of paperwork and other stuff that has to be put together right now. Okay. So we're on the fast track to make that happen, March 10th or very shortly thereafter. But yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing. On Love our comes. Thirteenth wedding anniversary. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Yes. Wow. That's a lucky number. Thirteenth wedding anniversary. Wow. That's a lucky number. I don't know what is this, man. People don't have thirteen floors in hotels and stuff like that. Like, okay, wedding if it was unlucky, why did they even have the number? It's, it's not unlucky. That's numbers. superstitious. Yes, yeah. it is. Thirteenth wedding anniversary. Yeah, but Love Comes Through is the first single from. Me and Mari, a.k.a. The DeVos. The DeVos. And, uh, The Power of Love. It's available on all digital platforms right okay. now, man. Where, you know, shoulder bouncing to that joint yeah. across the country. Yeah. Yes, join yeah. the movement. Hashtag DeVos shoulder bounce. Let's, yeah. Let us see them shoulders bouncing. Let us see them hey, shoulders bouncing. Shamari, are you letting Ron, are you letting Ron do the choreography? You know? Yes, he actually <laughs> did know, choreograph he, the shoulder bounce move. He did. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. did. You, ain't yes. even, you don't even need Brooke no more. Yeah. Huh? Bank, 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 bank. Come on. 
on. <laughs> yeah, we about bounce. to start. Well, yo, Shamari, like, they used to do the bankhead bounce, like, back right. in the day. Yeah, I remember the yeah, bankhead bounce. Yeah, we like, okay, we're going to move it from the shoulder bounce to the bankhead shoulder bounce. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. It's all it's always a pleasure to have you both with me, man. And yeah, I man. and I appreciate you pleasure coming through. Yeah. All the time, man. And God bless y'all and the book. Yes. You didn't plug the book, bro. Yes, yes. Music, money, and marriage. One of the things that we pride ourselves in, like Shamari said earlier, is being marriage ambassadors. Right. Um, this year. April 27th, we're having our third annual Married for Life Walk. Okay. Incredible, man. That's the dope. first year, uh, we probably had um, about 250 couples out there. The second year, we had about 500 couples out, wow. out there. Mm -hmm. This year, we're looking to double that and um, extend on being able to touch families through marriage and making sure people are staying together. It's just an amazing thing where people come out and they walk hand in hand. That's one of the things that allowed us to connect with each other a lot easier and better was Martez and Wadrina told us uh, what, what helped them out was just going for a morning walk and holding each other's hands. Like even, you know, you can talk to each other or you can just remain silent, but something about that connection. Mm -hmm. So it's a one mile walk up to the park and, you know, we pray and we do all these other things. There's vendors, there's comedy, there's music. It's just a great time of entertainment from about nine in the morning till close to 12 uh, by the time we're done. And then we do a mixer later on that night which you where you can slow dance you know, oh. Richard, come on, son. When's the last oh. time we slow dance with each other, oh. man? You know, I mean, and so so April 27th is what that's all about. And our book, Music, Money, and Marriage, is all about our life. And it's, it's almost like a self-help slash autobiography that we're putting together because we want to turn this into a retreat, a big retreat every year where married couples can come out and just enjoy panel, discuss yeah, panel discussions from other married couples such as ourselves and all, all of the above, man. So, you know, the movement is opening up, man. And married you know, for life. MarriedNumberFourLifeWalk.com. Yes. Right. Find out more info. Appreciate y'all being here today. Thank DeVos. you for having us. The Come on, son. Come on. <laughs> Come son, on, son. The DeVos are in the building. <laughs> Play that joint, too, before we get out of here. We got so you, give bro. It, give it, give it, gun, 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 gun. Come on, y'all. Y'all know it's, it's Come On, Son, the podcast. We out. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.